0: To the soccer speaking we have an unruly crew here today uh bailey johnson our fine crew beat is here uh she's been working all morning and uh this morning being february the 10th 2023 it's it's eleven thirty 30 a.m and uh and we we have uh, a, a reappearance of the striker kyle robertson is, is back to join us uh, on what is a, a very news heavy day uh for the, for the crew the newsiest day of the year Thus far, Patrick Flaherty's at the controls. I'm Mike Race. Thanks for joining us. Let's get right to it. Bailey Johnson, uh, big trade news just broke earlier this morning.
1: Big trade news just broke in the last hour and a half or so that the crew are going to trade center back and captain Jonathan Mensah to the San Jose Earthquakes. Tom Bogert at MLS was the first to report that, and I have had it confirmed to me that that is... What is happening? I've been told they're going to receive a significant amount of allocation money in return. Tom Bogert reported that that's $200,000 guaranteed general allocation money plus an additional 300000 in incentive GAM, depending on performance metrics and I, the like.
0: I don't even know what that stuff is. Garber Bucks.
1: Garber Bucks. <laughs> I,
0: I know it's Garber Bucks.
1: And they have sure. then plans for that money. Is that Bitcoin or...
0: Is it non-fungible? Please, I'm it, sorry, is non-fungible. Bailey, please, it is non-fungible. It is
1: non-fungible. Please, It's kind of like Monopoly money, but it means more. Um, they then plan to acquire an additional defender in what I've been told is the near future. They have a few targets that they're narrowing down. One of them is um, a Serbian center back who they have been linked to in the last couple of days. That would be a loan. I know that he may not, may or may not be end up being the one that comes out of this, but they are certainly looking to acquire someone in the near future to kind of Fill this spot. All right, let's
0: take an ardent crew follower like Kyle. When you heard, what was your first reaction? Because, uh, uh,
2: you're kind of like, "Oh man, captain!" No, no, but I the, mean, he's a, the, he's a he's a he's a. They dude. just he's, traded the
0: yeah, captain. no Seemed to come out of left field. Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, he's a great dude. I mean, everyone in Columbus, you know, all the fans love him. He's done an amazing job. You know, he probably should but have been the right? of the year. What did you not pause yeah, and say what? Yeah, I, yeah, but I mean, I. <laughs> i i think he's a great dude i don't know if he's been a great captain with all this stuff in the last couple of years with you know the coach and the way the team plays and that kind of stuff he's not your most outgoing guy you know he's probably great behind the scenes which i'm sure a lot of the players will say but you know especially with all this stuff in the last you know with porter and everything like i don't know
0: well but i mean that's you, and you've been a, you but, have,
2: but you've, you've worked with more captains than i have like Like, what do you need in a captain? And I know it changes with the team and everything, but... You've
0: also been critical of his play at times. Yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, Okay.
0: But anyway, the point I was... That's good stuff, Kyle. Thanks for coming back and joining us. The the point I was trying to make is this is a very big deal when when you trade your captain, who's on the other side of his prime, but still... um, uh, still a, a very good center back um, and and has anchored this defense in uh, for, for a number of years, including 2020 when they won an MLS Cup, and he was integral to that. That was his first year of his captaincy. So, Bailey, the, the question is why now?
1: Yeah. So, the reason why is part of what you've touched on, that he's on the other side of his prime and... In a sense, was a not in a sense, was a part of that MLS Cup team in 2020, and they're now two years plus post that and have a little bit underachieved, not a little bit, a fair amount underachieved in those last couple of years. So they're taking a look at the players that were on that roster in 2020 and the window they had for those guys and saying, Okay, it's probably time to shake this up a little bit because we've tapped out what we're going to get. That's kind of the same reasoning for when they traded our tour in November. An older guy who was part of that team and they have a young player in Aiden Morris who can step into that role and they're hoping to do the same with Jonathan Mensa. They really want to open the space to promote from within or acquire a player from the international market and reshape this team looking towards the future under Wilfried Nancy, which also plays into this Nancy, as we know, likes to play with three center backs and will likely do that with the crew. He really relies on building out of the back and having all of his players be very comfortable with the ball at their feet and being strong and confident in progressing the ball up the field, which was not one of Jonathan yep. Mensa's most natural attributes. So he, they're looking for a different profile of center back than what they have and had in Jonathan Mensa. So moving him out then opens some space for them to acquire a player who will do that.
0: Now they've been in the market for a center back.
1: They have been. They've signed a couple of young guys. They signed Keegan Hughes, a homegrown at the beginning of preseason. They just signed Philip Quinton, who has been in camp with them, was with Crew 2 last year. Big They're,
0: boy. Big boy. Kyle likes that guy. 6'6". Six,
1: six. He is 6'6". He is <laughs> six, six. Really great guy. Seems to be, I think, someone that can be very successful for them down the line. They are in the market internationally um, looking to see what that's going to turn out to be. It could be the Serbian player that I mentioned before. It could be someone else. But they are looking to make an addition, so which would then get them to a spot that I think they'd be comfortable with with the center backs. They have, um, it's a little bit unclear right now what they're going to get out of Josh Williams this year. I know he's been training with the team now that they're down in Florida, but in any day that they've been open for media here in Columbus, I have not seen Josh Williams working. Um, So that's a little bit of a question mark and an older player who, you know, I wouldn't say is someone that they're really hoping to count on as a starter. But they have a guy like Milos Stegenek, who I think they really think highly of both as a leader and as a player on the field. He's coming off of a strong turn at the World Cup, has more of those capabilities on the ball than some of their other players. Um, They've also had Steven Marrero working at center back throughout preseason, which has been a little bit of a lightning rod for some members of the fan base. Um, I think that's a really a strong sign of what they're trying to get out of their center backs and trying to get them more involved offensively. I know there's been some consternation, shall we call it, that Marrera, who was so successful at right back last year, has moved to the middle. But from what I have heard and what I have seen, it's really a sign of what they're trying to get out of those center backs going forward. And his connection with Mo Farsi potentially up that right side with Farsi playing right wing back could be really valuable. And they're trying to reshape that center back group to be a collection of guys who have more offensive capabilities.
0: Okay, it's, it's early yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this just went down. Um, uh but at this point, what do we know about the mechanics of, uh, or the, uh, the, the chain of events that led to this trade? And by that, I, I, I mean uh, I'm curious whether this was coach-driven, player-driven, both, um, uh, because, I mean, that is the nut of it, uh, that uh, they, they don't see him fitting into their system and they moved him. Was that at his behest? Or was, that a, was that a mutual decision? What do we know about the mechanics of this?
1: We know some, but not much. Obviously, like you said, it's very early, and I think we'll learn more this afternoon. But from what I have heard so far is it was mostly, I would describe it as mutual. I know Jonathan Mensah was told about a week ago sort of where he stood on the roster and what they saw from him and sort of where they were on the role he might have in the team. And from there, then they have gotten some calls from teams that were interested in him and thought it was mutually beneficial to... Move him. Um, I know that the San Jose offer—they had an offer from a team in the East and several in the West—and I know that San Jose offered them the most guaranteed money of any of the offers they got, which led to that being the landing spot. It's, it's
0: not an in, insignificant take, Kyle, for 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 trade to to get back to no. trade for Mensa. But you just don't want you don't want things like this to happen to good guys,
2: you know. And maybe that's part of why Crew fans are probably so livid with it—is he's a good. Are, dude. are they livid? I think so they' definitely they're definitely, yeah. they're definitely yeah. surprised
1: yeah. and that's fully understandable. He was the captain of the team and as Kyle has said, a really great guy who did a lot of really good work in the community, even just in the short time that I've been covering the team with someone that I had gotten to know pretty yeah. well and really enjoyed my interactions with. I remember in the fall he ordered um, those Reese's peanut butter pumpkins for the just put at the front desk because they're I guess his favorite candy and he wanted to share that with everybody in the organization I and like, I like yeah. one day brought them in. Uh, When we were having a press conference with him, he grabbed a big handful off the desk and distributed them among the media group. So, you know, little things like that. And I know that he was someone who was really valuable in this community and that had a really good relationship with the fans. So, obviously, it is a surprising move from that aspect. But at the end of the day, you know, it can be a cruel business. And I think the on-field reasoning makes it make sense. I mean, I certainly won't lie that I was also a little surprised when I saw it happen. But then you think about it for a couple minutes after that and you start to see the reasonings behind it
0: it's uh it's there's a new system and and yeah. uh the coach and management are gonna are are are, t- right. are are going to mold the team into that system and um well and then plus there hasn't been a lot
2: of signings or you know player movement at all since you know the coach was signed and you know so i'm sure he's trying to Figure out who he has and how well they will mix and who can do what. And so I'm guessing you'll probably see a couple more moves here in the next couple weeks.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. He said right from the first day of preseason, which was really only a month ago, the first day that they started was January 9th. And it's now February 10th, as we sit here. And he said, I like the group of people that we have and I want to get to know them before we make moves. And now we're a month in and he had gotten to know what he had in Jonathan Mensah and felt that someone else would be better served in what they're looking for.
0: You, you gotta take him at his word, yeah. um, and I, I think that the tough thing is, and this is not a criticism. It's just, it's just since we haven't seen Mensa play for this coach, they haven't played a game this year right. yet. And uh, I think you would want to see him play a few games right, right. to but, see how but that, he would. That that probably feeds into right. the to white folks who are either. I don't know. You used the word livid. I I don't know what they are, but, but yeah, they're upset. Yeah. There's a little, it's difficult. Instant feedback. It's difficult to quantify it and and see the reasoning of it Right. right now in part because, uh, you know they haven't played a game and now he's 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 gone they have played uh, several
1: preseason games that Nancy has seen the in just to right it which I understand is not the same as him playing a regular season game but he has seen him they played last Saturday in a um, scrimmage and I know I've been told that he was in sort of the second group that played in that game and that was sort of an initial sign that maybe he was not in the sort of starters thought process
2: but his salary was up there. It wasn't DP range, but it was as high it, as you could get. It, yeah. right? his, or was he it bought a, down a, with some a, bucks books?
1: His guaranteed compensation uh, was a little bit over $1.1 million, yeah. So that would put him in the TAM range to be potentially bought down. Um, so certainly that was a motivation as well, trying to get more flexibility under the cap to bring players and trying to develop a little bit of their, their version of the Philadelphia model where you're promoting a lot from within yeah. and really – developing a strong pipeline for young players to move up through
2: which Columbus has should have done for like the last 20 years but has failed. We've talked about that a number of times.
0: Yeah, it's it was weird how uh well change in ownership, yeah. uh, dismantling of the academy. I it was a yeah, it was kind of a mess and I, and that's been a that's been something that uh, that, I've, that I've said
2: many times that they need to put more resources, you need to develop more players, and you need to, you
0: well, know. Something right. Bezbachenko laid out for the new ownership when he came aboard. It's, right. It's, it's, uh, so it's just for, for a plan. Now, um, they, they've been shopping. They're continuing to the shop. Is it, daily? is there any way to determine how much Pressure they feel, maybe pressure is the wrong word, but how much impetus they have now to uh, uh, step up the pace of of the uh, of their scouting acquisition process? How close are they to signing uh, signing someone? Is, is is there any way to know?
1: They're, I mean, they're very close. I've been told the words near future have been used several times. They are very close on a defender to I don't want to say replace Mensa, but to take that spot and step into that role. Um, as far as other signings, though, I mean, I certainly think we'll maybe see a couple at this point. They have five roster spots available. So with the person that's coming in to replace Mensa, that would be four more of their 30. Um So there's some room to play with. I know they're looking at the summer, you know, want to leave space to make moves in the summertime. But I think they are generally pleased with what they have. And I know, as we've talked about a lot, and as we were just talking about, they really want to give the young players opportunities. And that's something that... Wilfred well, Nancy did a lot of in Montreal and has a real track record of developing players. He sold, he helped several players get to a point where they were sold from Montreal for significant sums. So I would not expect a lot. There might be one or two more coming after this defender to be named later. But I think generally, you know, I wouldn't expect another major move like trading Mensa or anything like that.
0: Well, Carl, I... It has been a breath of fresh air. This is a charismatic group. Uh, you can already feel it. Um, Bailey's been closer to it than we have to this point. Um, th- is that fair to say? I mean, this is a this is a this is a breath of fresh air. Doesn't cover what's happened with with the right. coaching staff Correct. coming out of what was a you know yeah even stalled uh, administration. It's, on it's been paper. a breath of
1: fresh air. Both just when you're around training and you see the smiles on their faces, and I feel like every Adam Cairns came to training with me about a month ago and was taking pictures and every picture we have of Nancy, he's smiling, which is already just a minor thing, but a very different energy than was going on before. I know that as they get into the season, he really wants to have music playing during training and all sorts of things that are a a brighter energy. And his work with the young players I think is really important. I know we keep harping on that, but But that's the
2: way the model of the MLS is going. You look at Philly, you look at Chicago, you know, you develop a kid who can make it, you sell them, you know, for money and then,
1: and Mo Farsi had some pretty strong comments to um, RDS in Montreal a week or so ago where he talked about how Caleb Porter didn't trust young players yeah. and could be very, very hard on them. And you saw that he really only trusted the veterans, yeah. and Farsi said it's been much different under Nancy, and he really wants those young guys to get those chances.
2: Yeah. Well, both Greg
0: and Porter, they they didn't really trust the young folks. Throughout it's it's their team. not unusual. Yeah. Um, you know, then again, um, uh, I mean, Will Trapp was the yeah. youngest captain in the league. Uh, you know, I, I, there's, I, I wouldn't put Burr Halter under that blanket. No. I'm, I'm a little biased that way, but yeah, that's, that's a coach. Um, but if you look was, at their time it's a, it. it a coach right. to f- feeling tight and it, it, uh, and feeling. Yeah, we see it in every sport. I mean, we see it with the Blue Jackets. Right. And high, I mean, Hedge and I just, just finished doing a, a, a hockey podcast and. Uh, you know, um, Eric Goodbranson is leading the team in minutes this year. You know, it's just – and the fourth line uh, is, is is like Brad Larson's go-to because, <laughs> it, you know, they're more veteran. Yeah. And, and, like, he seems to trot the, the fourth line out against anyone, even though um, they're, they're never going to score. No, but, but I was going to say, I,
2: but, like, if you look at Greg and Caleb through their tenure, what can you – can you only say that will and – and Aiden and Morrison were your only real like homegrowns, that young guys that kind of like whatever. There, I mean,
0: there, there- was there, there, the, the whole system was yeah. in turmoil then. There was some there was uh, when when the new ownership came in. And I, I I don't recall chapter and verse of it. Um, I know they killed it off and then it came it came back. Yeah, and right? they tra- yeah. yeah, so it was it was kind of a mess. And obviously it's it's being it's 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 an important right. piece of, of the new administration. It's critical in right. their eyes and it's what they're going to build up. Well, you know, sometimes Nick Felino gets traded. You know, it, it does happen in sports. Nancy, now this whole new formation, Kyle and Bailey. But we'll start with Kyle. Um, K- Christian Ramirez is aboard. Uh, Bailey can speak to this too. But um, are you, being being a striker yourself, um, productive or otherwise? Uh, uh, are you looking forward to 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 this system uh, and and with the uh, with with Cucho and uh, and Ramirez up top.
2: Yeah, I mean I think you have finally have the quality depth that you've that they've been lacking for a very long time I and mean, we had they had Zardes for a very, you know, for a while and um you know, I'm now I'm drawing blank of the guy who uh they traded to DC Miguel Berry. Miguel Berry who had his like half a season where he was really really good, but uh, I just think they just have more options now and, and I think that the pass <laughs> Porter always kind of seemed kind of stuck on his system, um, and you know a lot of the times the way that he played the the one striker up top, and you know I think later on maybe last year he finally kind of started to change a little bit of how it was kind of working, but you know I I think he just has more options now, you know that you can throw out three different strikers and you know kind of plan a game, you know his the way he wants to attack based upon. What's kind of going on, and so I'm. I think they have three really, really good, you know, people up front, and that they can kind of move around and kind of really see. You know, you got your older guy. you you know, you got your, you know, your your really older guy that's been around for a while, and you got your young guy too. Your, you know, what golden boot. Um, yeah, Jason you know, Russell Rowe and
1: um, the Golden Mood yeah. and MVP and MLS Next Pro. So certainly they have, like Kyle was saying, a lot more yeah. depth, quality depth at the striker position than they've had. I think it's going to be really interesting yep. to see how Nancy deploys them. He is someone who places a lot of emphasis on being tactically flexible, which is something like Kyle was just saying they lacked under Caleb Porter. Um, and I know he has said on several occasions that he really doesn't believe in a system. I don't think you'll ever hear Wilfred Nancy as the way Caleb did saying, we play a 3-5-2, we play a 4-2-3-1. He's not going to say that. He really believes in the concepts that he teaches his players to recognize and their structure defensively. But as far as the way they attack, he uses the word animations a lot to describe the different animations, as he says, that they're going to have as they move the ball up the field. And it could look very different from one possession sequence to another, one game to another, one half to another. He really believes in teaching sort of foundational concepts and patterns he wants his players to recognize much more than having a set, this is what we do and this is the formation we play it in.
0: It's also going to be a, a big change as a sideline presence as well. I mean, he, he watches the game and coaches it in a completely different manner than, than Caleb Porter did. Um, but have you gotten a look, Bailey, at, at, at the two strikers playing together, including... We you have know, the newest acquisition. We
1: have not seen that. Um, I believe Ramirez was a little bit banged up when they were in town this past week. They've now been in Florida this week, but a week ago they were in town for a week. And I believe Ramirez was a little bit banged up. We did not see him working with the full group in what was open to the media. Um, we've seen them more working with someone like Alex Matan alongside Lucas Rayon behind Cucho to have more of like a two attacking midfielders situation with one striker up top. Um, which is more aligned with how he played in Montreal. He didn't use two strikers all that much from what I remember. Um, More about having that trio up front with one striker and the two guys sort of feeding him and working off of each other. And I will have a story on the Dispatch.com, hopefully Monday as we're recording this on Friday, looking at Lucas El-Rayon and Cucho and what Nancy wants from them. He has talked about how... And he, as he said it, understandably, they did a lot of the work last right. year for the offense, and he wants them to do less. He wants kind of everybody to do less in a way that leads to them doing more as a team. He's talked about it with Aiden Morris as well. He said he thinks Aiden Morris runs too much and wants him to be a little no, more...
2: him running too much. <laughs> him
1: running. And he's, <laughs> he's talked about how it's very hard for Aiden to learn yeah. not to be yeah. in every inch of the field at all yeah. times, but that if he actually plays a little bit more composed, it creates more opportunities for him because he's not say diving over to right. the left side when the ball is there and then they switch the ball back to the right. And there's only one guy over there. It allows them to have a little more positional security and create those overloads in different ways. Um, and that's something he talked about with Lucas and Cucho as well. And wanting Lucas primarily to you know continue to do right. what Lucas Alrayan does, but also have a touch more focused defensively and getting Cucho to not just carry the ball up the field as he likes to right. a lot, but really work on making those runs in behind and, combining with Lucas in that way. So they are doing less of the work, just the two of them, and more building as a team to feed the two of them.
0: So where are they now? What are they doing? What's their schedule look like? Uh
1: So they are in Fort Lauderdale. They're training at Inter Miami's facility. They will be there. They've been there this week, and they will be there next week for the last week of preseason, and will return to Columbus the week of the 20th to prepare for the season opener at Philadelphia on the 25th. They play... Tomorrow, a friendly against Miami closed doors. They're all behind closed doors. And then they play another game on the 15th against Houston. And I think they have one more on the 18th. So three more preseason games while they're down there, I will be joining them. I don't know that I've said this anywhere. So some other breaking news on the podcast, I am heading down to Florida Sunday night. So I will be there Monday through Wednesday um, to see what they've got going on, do some, interesting interviews and some longer sit downs with people like Wilfred Nancy and do some hopefully cool reporting. And so make sure you're following along on Twitter and on the website to see what's going on down in Fort Lauderdale and some Warm and sunny weather, unlike what we've got here in Columbus today.
0: Give give everyone your Twitter handle, Bailey.
1: Twitter handle is Bailey A. Johnson underscore. Um, If anyone has any connections at Twitter, the person who has Bailey A. Johnson no underscore hasn't tweeted since like 2013. Hmm. So if we could get that for me, that'd be pretty sweet.
0: All right. We'll work on that. Um, And and what's the general vibe as, as this camp goes on?
1: It's good. I actually just wrote about this for today because I sort of realized um, that every week when we talk to Wilfried, he gives something of a progress report and a status update on where the team is in their process, what he's liked, what the goals are, how he's raising the level. So I kind of went through everything we've had for the last month and compiled sort of all of those progress reports to paint the picture of both how he's been approaching it and how the team has responded to what he's wanted from them. And he is, as we've talked about, a pretty optimistic, positive guy. And it's the preseason, no one's gonna get right. up there and say, yeah, I'm actually not really very happy with what's going on. <laughs> but he has seemed very optimistic. It's fun to watch him coach in training. Everything is, you know, he's constantly yelling, yes, good, you know, very, very positive. I've never seen him get on someone. Even if he wants them to do something differently, it's more calling them over to the side, explaining what he wants, and then sending them back out there. I've never seen him, and maybe he has. I mean, we don't see everything, but I've never seen him yell at someone in a negative way, which is a change. Um, so he's pleased with where they are in their process. He talked on Wednesday about raising the intensity again and... Wanting to sort of build the stamina at this point, I know he wants the starting guys to play about 75 minutes in the game against Miami tomorrow, Saturday. They went about 60 minutes each um, last week, so raising the level that way. What, what
0: What will that team look like on the field tomorrow? Are they? Oh, good question. Do you, do you have any idea what, I have, what the lineups are going to look like? Absolutely right? not. I know a lot of fans are wondering. Like I know, the, right, fans, I know the, the fans are
1: wondering, game? and I wish I had information to share. Unfortunately, they're keeping all of that very locked down. Um, I heard a couple things out of the scrimmage last Saturday here in Columbus, but not very much. And beyond that, we really don't have any idea. I wouldn't even expect the crew to acknowledge on social media that that game is happening. So we really won't know very much. <laughs>
0: Is it, is it indeed happening? This is a metaphys- metaphysical question, Kyle. It,
1: it's Schrodinger's preseason game.
0: <laughs> Kyle, last... We could go down a long road with that. <laughs> last, uh, your, your final words on Jonathan Mensah, who, uh, yeah. who you know, we should pause here and and, and uh, give a big hat tip uh, to the, the big defender from Ghana. Uh, 70 international caps That's with Ghana. Ghana. Um, and, and, and a significant run here, 159 games. Um, six goals in that span, uh, a good man, a very good player, uh, and a fine human being.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, Columbus has been lucky with, with him and Nick Foligno in the last couple of years, you know, um, being the captains of the blue jackets and, you know, obviously Jonathan, Jonathan at the, the crew. I mean, what do you, what do you want? I mean, you, he's a great dude. Everyone loves him. Um, you know, some of my memories is, uh, there's, there, there's a group of girls, I think maybe like 12, I think they call themselves the hive and they love Jonathan. Oh, they're little kids. Yeah. yeah. little kids. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I think they're all on the soccer team and I've gotten numerous pictures of Jonathan always finding them after the game and getting a selfie or, you know, giving a shirt. Um, you know, and so like, I just think he's what you wanted. You know, he was just a great dude on and off the field, you know, he was always good to all the photographers, you know, I know you guys probably don't care, but, um, he was good with us. So. Well, he's I a know. photographer
1: himself, yeah. Yeah. so it yeah. makes yeah. sense that he was good to you guys. But
2: I just, you know, you hate, I mean, I kind of was like, ah, oh, you know, when I heard the news, cause he's just a good dude. I mean, you, you root for good dudes and you want nothing, you know, more, you know, I hope he has success and I hope he has, you know, an, uh, you know, plays for another three or four years here. And, and
0: I'll leave with the Man. final word on, on Randy Sims, who oh, yeah. was also, also good, dude. Uh, also good to photographers, yep. Kyle. Yes. Very good. For some reason uh, from his uh, old parking spot in the old, uh, yes old place, uh, the, the Scotch bar was yep. always open to photographers and reporters. Oh, I, I, I always told him I was working, but Randy Sims, a longtime crew fan just yep. passed uh, last week and, uh, 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 I'll think about him every day I walk into that stadium and other days besides, uh, he was, he was a wonderful man and, uh, uh, he'll be missed 65 years old. He'll be missed by everyone. He was a beloved, I mean, among, there's no one that didn't like the guy. And, uh, he was such a, I don't know. He, he loved the team so much. Um, and he was such an intelligent and thoughtful fan that, uh, he even cultivated friendships, you know, among coaches and players that that were very deep. Um, that guy knew more about the crew than any of us, right, that's yeah. for sure. And and uh, boy, he loved them almost unconditionally. Uh, you know, uh, he always said, uh, not always, because he was he was he was an astute fan, but. Uh, you know, I was looking through some stuff the other day. I wrote a column if anyone's interested in, in checking it out at Dispatch.com, but I was going through some old stuff the other day, and uh, it was during 2020 he said, I, I think they can go all the way uh, this year. And I was going like, yeah, he was rather prophetic <laughs> then. And, uh, but then he said it before last year's uh, season two, So uh, uh, and he missed on that one, but... Uh, uh, I'll miss his smile, and, and, and his, his outlook on life was utterly unique. Um, he, I, I don't know if uh, how to say it, he, he even embraced death as, as a part of that process. Uh, uh, I'll miss Randy, and uh, I know there's a lot of people out there who are, are going to miss him as well. And that's it for for uh, the Soccer Speakeasy. Uh, I'm Mike Race. Thanks for joining us. Uh, i'm speaking on behalf of bailey johnson our fine crew beat writer check it out she's posted mensa's story already it will be updated throughout today and she has more material uh coming throughout as she alluded to and kyle robertson it was great to have him back in the studio um almost eloquent today uh so, which was which was really nice to hear and patrick uh, speaks um uh, speaks loudly and uh Um, by not speaking at all, uh, which we all appreciate. Um, That's Patrick Flaherty, the Podfather. We'll be back talking to you soon, Um, getting ready for some soccer. It's it's coming quickly, Bailey.
1: It is. We'll be here before we know it.
0: That's it. Patrick, kick us out of here.